with great power comes great responsibility. I'm Batman. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. Welcome, one and all, to the day 24 of the Superhero Marathon Spectacular here on the Journey Into podcast. I've uh, spoken so much during this marathon that my voice is starting to go, so so I apologize for uh, the, the raspiness of my voice here. Uh, today we're going to play what is truly a classic superhero uh, classic old-time radio show. Classic in many, many ways. The Shadow. And it's interesting that I've only played The Shadow one other time on this entire podcast history. And it was like one of the first episodes, like episode three or four or five or somewhere in there. I played an episode of The Shadow. And I expected that I would do it more often, but I have not. And on Patreon, on one of the days, I was talking about Chicken Man, the little radio segment that ran in the late 60s and has been re-ran many times on different radio stations. But Chicken Man fought a villain called The Shadow, and I heard that before I even knew who The Shadow was. And so once I learned who The Shadow was and, you know, listen to some of these old time radio shows and realize just how culturally significant the shadow was. I felt pretty stupid for not knowing who the shadow was or what they were referencing. And of course the classic line, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, the shadow knows. And then he gives his little maniacal laugh. And so I definitely thought it would be fun to present uh, an episode of The Shadow here on the Superhero Marathon. And I, I went online, well, I, I went to a old-time radio forum or whatever that I participate in. Because, man, on this forum, there's so many people that know so much more about old-time radio and The Shadow and all these other characters than I do. And so I asked them on there, if you were going to introduce somebody to The Shadow, what episode of the radio show would you show? Because it did have a, a long history. I think it was a 20-year history. But the suggestion that I got was, well, why don't you run the very first episode of The Shadow that featured him in, in this incarnation of, of who he was? And so that's what we're doing here with uh, Death House Rescue. 
Let me give you some details real quick before we play the episode. The Shadow Radio program ran for, yeah, 22 years from 1932 to 1954. And the Shadow first appeared as like one of the announcer guys that would introduce the story and come in in the middle and at the end. Uh, Street and Smith had a, a magazine where they ran detective stories, pulpy kind of stuff. And then they also adapted many of those for radio. And it was voiced by uh, Frank Reddick. Um, but what we're going to be focusing on here is when they they started running the shadow, the main character, and of the shadow's exploits, not with Jim, just him as the announcer for the story, but as the actual protagonist. And so this episode that we're going to listen to today, The Death House Rescue, aired on September 26th, 1937, over the Mutual Broadcasting System. And the first person to portray the character other than Reddick on this show was Orson Welles when he was 22 years old. He was the first person to play Lamont Cranston. A wealthy young man about town is how they introduce him. It's interesting, though, the famous line, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men, was not voiced by Wells. Uh, Reddick still did that little segment in the intro to the, that you'll hear in just a minute. And then Orson portrayed him in, in the show proper. And of course, the only person who knows the identity of the shadow is his, his partner and a potential love interest. Very similar to uh, Matt Dillon and Miss Kitty in Gunsmoke uh, was Margot Lane. And she's played here by Agnes Moorhead, who is kind of the queen of old time radio um, with years of experience and high acclaim for uh, all the all the voice work that she did back in radio. And so I think that's that's enough for now. And we'll talk more about it after we let you I have you listen to the show. So, yeah, I'll fire up the old uh, Wamperdime radio tuner here and come with me and let's journey into death row. Adam Grant found guilty of murder and sentenced to the electric chair. Like every other criminal caught in the wheels of justice, he's scared. But it isn't prison that scares him, the long, silent nights of waiting, the slow walk to the little room, or even death itself. It's something else that holds Adam Grant in the hot, sweaty grip of fear. Something worse than any punishment this world has to offer. Something found only in the Twilight Zone. The Shadow, 
a man of mystery who strikes terror in the very souls of sharpsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. All signs point to a severe winter. Be prepared. If you want to be sure of even, dependable, healthful heat in any kind of weather, insist on blue coal. America's finest anthracite mined from the fields of northern Pennsylvania. The coal that has colored a harmless blue at the mine for your protection. You can't take me to the jail. You can't do it. Let me out of here. Let me... Paul Gordon, listen. Huh? I can't see anybody. Who's that? I am the shadow. <laughs> Stop. We haven't much time. We must hurry, Gordon. You're in the death house, charged with murder. Yes, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. But nobody knows it. Take courage, Gordon. The shadow knows. <laughs> Margot, won't you sit down? I told Albold to serve our coffee here in the library. I should rather go on the terrace. No, I prefer it here. Then let me see you smile. That frown is most unbecoming. Lamont, give it up. Give what up, my dear? Drinking coffee? I'm serious, Lamont Cranston. When I foolishly let you know that... Do you remember what you said? It will be exactly five years next week. But there's still so much to do, Margot. Well, then let somebody else do it. Don't you realize that you can't keep on like this forever? Someone's certain to identify you, and when that someone does, someone else is certain to kill you. Perhaps, but until they do... Oh, darling, stop frowning. I don't mean necessarily to give up your work, Lamont, but this other... Let the shadow just disappear and, and come out openly. Join the organized forces of law and police. Won't you realize, Margot, that my entire usefulness to the organized forces of law and police lies in my remaining outside those forces... In remaining always, the shadow. Would they approve my methods? Would they believe in my science? You would make them believe. You could make them approve. And in doing so, reveal my secrets, my knowledge. Reveal them and eventually let them fall into the hands of organized crime. No, Margot. No one must ever know. No one but you. Why do you think I've devoted countless hours to investigating electrical and chemical phenomena? Why do you think I went to India, to, to Egypt, to China... What do you think I studied in London, Paris, and Vienna? Except to learn the old mysteries that modern science has not yet rediscovered. The natural magic modern psychology is beginning to understand, and, well, magic that wouldn't seem so natural. I studied and learned for a purpose, my dear. All right, Lamont, I, I realize all that. But now, now the entire underworld has but one objective... To erase the shadow. And to me, that means... Until they know what the shadow is and who he is, what can they do? Stop and think how many criminals are either dead or in prison because of our activities. Why, even now, tonight, as we sit quietly here, somewhere, an innocent human being may be in desperate trouble. Somewhere, perhaps, there is a problem that can never be solved. Except by the shadow. What did the doctor say, Grace? It was good news and, and bad, too, I'm afraid, dear. Well, 
Whatever it was, dear. Tell me. Well, he said the baby could be perfectly well again within a year. Oh, thank God for that. Poor kid. She's had a tough time. Well, what else? Well, this part isn't so good, Paul. She'll need treatments during all that time. Paul, treatments cost money. I know. Well, we'll have to manage somehow. You didn't do a very good job marrying me, dear. Darling. If I can only get a job. I've got my health and I've got brains. But no one seems to want them. Oh, they will, dear. They've got to. You're right about that. We're just about down to rock bottom. I raised every cent I can on the house and car. There isn't anything left. You and I are still left, Paul. And we've got to take care of Sally. She's our daughter, Paul, and she's got to have her chance. She's going to have it. Somehow. Tomorrow I'll start out and take anything I can get. Darling, perhaps tomorrow things will break for us. Yes. If only they don't break the wrong way. Excuse me, but are you the boss here? That's right. I'm looking for a job. Nothing doing, buddy. I'll do anything. Wait on table, wash dishes, anything at all. I don't need any more help. Well, how about delivering things? I've got a car. Nope. I don't deliver nothing. Sorry, I don't need you. I see. All right. Thanks. Hey. Hey, you. What? You calling to me? Yeah, sit down. Have a beer. No, thanks. I, I don't drink. Anyhow, sit down. I meet a friend of mine named Lefty. My name's Red. <laughs> Look at my hair and you'll know why. Well, I'm glad to meet you both. Gordon's my name, Paul Gordon. Well, did, do you want to talk to me about something? We might. Might be able to help you out. Sounds like you're looking for a job. You bet I am. I, I need one. You know anybody that could use me? Maybe. We don't know you yet. Huh. So far as that goes... I don't know you either. So you read the guy smart. Yeah, maybe too smart. Now look here, Mr. Gordon. We need a car, and we need somebody to drive it for us. You understand? Well, I've got a car, and I can drive. Is it a good car? Has it got speed? I'll guarantee you up to 80. That's not bad. That's not bad. Now listen, kid. How about meeting us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock? All right. Where? Well, let's see. Uh, We're going to... um... I got it. Right in front of the Uptown Bank. We got to go there first to cash a check. Well... How about $5 a day? That's oak. But you'll remember, be there at 9 o'clock or you don't get no job. <laughs> don't worry, I'll be there. I'll be there at 8 o'clock. Hey, buddy, you can't keep this car in front of the bank all day. Can't you see that sign, no parking? I'm not parking, officer. I'm waiting for a couple of men. I'm working for them. Oh, Hey, what's that? It sounds like shots in the bank. Hey, you got him, Lefty. Here he is with the car. Come on, you start that bus for Step on it, fella. Hey, but you can't do that. Get gone, I will shoot. Let him have it, Red. Hold him off. I'll hold him. We should never have shot that cop. Can't you get no more speed out of this car, fella? She's doing all she can. Shoot at the tires, Red. I missed him. Try the windshield. Say, let me out of this. Take the car. Don't think I'm in with you. That's just what we're figuring on. Now, here comes the curb. After you make that stop. Get ready, Red. I'm ready. I'm just leaving the evidence. Put it under the seat cushion. Right. Oh, 
Okay. Goodbye, Gordon. Thanks for the Hey, work. hey, wait, you guys. Don't leave me like this. They'll think I did it. Hey, come on back, will you? Come back. Up in the hands. Come on, get him up. All right, officer. I, I haven't got a gun. I wasn't in this. They made me drive the car. Yeah, keep your hands up just the same. Go through the car, Charlie. Okay, Sarge. Well, fella, you might as well come clean on this. I haven't done anything. I tell you, I'm innocent. Hey, Sarge, I got it. Under the rear seat cushion, a bag full of bills and a gun. That's the gun that bumped off my buddy, Louie. And you say you're innocent. Yes, I am. Well, it'll take more than saying so to keep you out of the electric chair. $1,000 in cash. What? That's for you and Sally. A thousand? Who was it sent this to me? Well, that I can't tell you. But the message with it is not to lose hope. Oh, but there is hope for Paul, then. The man who sent this to you never fails. Who is he? Well, that I can't tell you. But Miss Lane, you know him. Sometimes I wonder whether I do. I love him. But I wonder whether I know him. What do you mean? It's hard to tell whether I really know the man or only his shadow. Well, Lefty, tonight the fall guy goes to the chair. That's what he gets for being a sucker. Yeah, there's not a clue that even points our way. Not even a print. We had gloves on all the time. You had yours off for a minute when you were sitting next to him. Yeah, but uh, I didn't touch the wheel. Then we ain't left a clue. You think so? Who said that? You, Lefty? No, I, I thought it was you. It was I. You cannot see me. Who are you? And where are you? I am here in the room. In the shadow. You have pinned your crime on an innocent man. He shall not suffer. 
But you will. I don't know who you are, where you are, but you're bluffing anyway. You got no evidence. We didn't leave a clue. You did leave a clue. A clue that will send you to the chair. Where was it? Where was it? You're lying. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to believe that? Keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about the clue that you forgot. <laughs> Margot Lane. Paul Gordon is in the death house and is to die in the chair tonight. I am going to him now. We can still save him. Stand by for orders. In a few moments, we will return to the shadow. But before we do, let me stress this one fact. For home heating, anthracite is best. And America's finest anthracite is blue coal. Anthracite is the healthful fuel. It gives steady, uniform heat that helps prevent colds and cuts down doctor's bills. For with anthracite, there is no quick chilling of the house, such as you get with fuels of the on and off type, or with quick burning fuels that flare up and burn out. Bear in mind that heating plants in this part of the country were especially designed to burn anthracite. So before that cold snap catches you unaware, call your local blue coal dealer. You'll find his name listed in the where to buy it section of your classified directory under the words blue coal. Call him tomorrow and order a supply of America's finest anthracite. Got any word from the governor? I'm sorry, Gordon. The governor refuses to take any action. Then I've got to go. Tonight? At eleven o'clock. What what time is it now? Almost ten. Is there anything I can do for you? No. Thank you, Gordon. Very well. These guards will move you to another cell. I'll be back in a little while. Ready, Gordon? Yes, guard. We're just going to move you to another cell. <laughs> what does it matter? The one you're going to is nearer. <laughs> nearer to the chair, is that it? right here behind you. Unlock the door into this preparation chamber, Pete. Okay. Just a second. All right. Go on through, Gordon. Watch him, Pete. I'll shut the door. Huh. What's the use of all this trouble? What chance have I got now? I'm afraid you haven't got much, fella. Uh, I wouldn't say that. What do you mean? Holy smokes. Look behind you. Where? There. Oh. Too bad. I hated to do that, but there wasn't any other way, and he'll only be out for a while. Now, Gordon, listen to me. Hey, where are you? I can't see you anymore. Where have you gone? Back into the shadow. Now, Gordon, we haven't much time. 
Listen to me. No crime is perfect. There's always somewhere a loose end. The only reason that all crimes aren't solved is because there's some one fact that someone knows and doesn't tell. And sometimes they don't tell because they don't know that they know. I told everything I know in court. They wouldn't believe me then. Because you couldn't prove what you said. We are going after the proof now. You and I. How? I'm going to think with your mind. I don't know what you mean. Don't try to understand. Just do as I tell you. I want you to concentrate, Gordon. Fix your mind on everything that happened that day. Make mental pictures. I'll see what you see. I'll try it now. No. No, Gordon. Stop thinking about your wife and baby. How did you know I was thinking about I that? I saw it in your mind. I see in my mind the pictures you create in yours. Oh, like television? Yes, or like mental telepathy or mind reading, hypnotism, whatever you choose. There's no time to talk. Stop talking. Think. I will. I will. I'm thinking now. The picture is getting clearer. That's better. Go on. The restaurant? The bar? Gordon, stop thinking about the electric chair. It blurs the picture. I'll try. I'll try. Ah. That's better. The car. In front of the bank. Yes. I see it. The policeman. The crowd. Yes. Wait a minute. The small man with red hair. He was the one you called Red. Yes. Yes. I see him. Crooked nose. Short. Glasses. I know that man. He's Red Sloan. I, I, it's hard to see. I know. Think for your life. Try hard. Yes. You started the car. The other, Lefty, was in front with you. Lefty. Lefty. See him for me, Gordon. Ah, yes. A scar on his left cheek. Why didn't you mention that in court? I, I forgot. Never mind. Concentrate. Yes. Yes. Lefty couldn't keep you covered with a gun and look back at the same time. What did he do? He reached up and twisted the rear-view mirror. Now we've got it. That's the loose end. That's where his thumbprint will be. Gordon, now I can save you. You've told the truth. You didn't know you knew. You're a fool for coming in here again. This is the place we picked up that kid that's burning tonight. What do you want to come in here for? This is as good a place as any, ain't it? 
Hey, telephone for you, Lefty. Telephone? Yeah. Maybe you never heard of it, but it's a great invention. But nobody knows I'm here. Well, somebody knows because they're waiting on the phone for you. It's over there on the wall. Okay. Don't be too long, Lefty. Hello? <laughs> Say, what are you laughing at? Who is this? Lefty. Did you ever hear of the shadow? Yeah. Say, what is this? Too bad about young Gordon. Isn't it, Lefty? What do you know about that? The shadow knows. Who are you? What do you want? I want justice. Justice for Paul Gordon, Lefty. And I'm going to get it. But you ain't got no evidence. No. Perhaps there are some fingerprints, Lefty. Oh, no. We had gloves on. There couldn't be no fingerprints. Did you have gloves on all the time? Yeah, sure. I did. You're left-handed. Now listen carefully, Lefty. When you were sitting in the front seat of Gordon's car, your gun was in your left hand. Remember? Say, you ain't nobody, I. It's just, say... How do you know? What did you do with your right hand? My right hand? You took off your right glove, didn't you? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, gosh, I'm going nuts. And you couldn't see the car that was chasing you because the angle of the rearview mirror was adjusted for the driver and you weren't driving, so... Do you remember what you did? No, no, I didn't. I didn't take it off. Are you sure you didn't reach up with your bare right hand and turn that rearview mirror? Are you sure, Lefty? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Maybe I did that. If the police find that fingerprint, you'll burn, Lefty. Just the way young Gordon's going to burn tonight. Goodbye, Lefty. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He hung up. No. No. I won't burn. Hey, Red. Red. Yeah, it's certainly gab long enough. Say, who was the guy? Never mind that. Where's that car of Gordon's now? In his garage. I guess I heard his wife. Cry. Listen. What? I got a hunch. There's some fingerprints of mine in that car. Red, we got to wipe him off of there, or maybe we'll burn in that chair, too. Come on, let's go. Commissioner. I'm sorry, Miss Lane, but I don't see what we can do. But I tell you, Paul Gordon is innocent. The men who committed the crime are free. Where did you get this information? Oh, that I can't tell you. Uh, Miss Lane, Paul Gordon was convicted of murder by due processes of law. Tonight he pays for his crime in the electric chair. If the police listened to every crank who came in here claiming new evidence... But they can't send an innocent man to the chair. They can't do it. No, but they can send a guilty man. And according to the evidence, Paul Gordon is guilty. Commissioner, suppose that uh, afterwards, when it's too late, they discover that Paul Gordon wasn't guilty after all. And suppose I testify that the police refused to listen. Well, what do you want me to do? If it's within reason, I'll do that. I want Don't you I... to send some men to that garage. I want you to catch the guilty men and see that justice is done. I'm frightened. Brace up, Gordon. It won't be long. Keep your chin up, buddy. My turn next. So <laughs> long, fella. Good luck. Goodbye, kid. Where, where is he? He promised to save me. Who, son? I don't know. It was a voice. 
Just a voice. He, he said he'd stand by. Now, steady, old man. Don't lose your nerve, Gordon. Open it up, men. No, I won't go in there. I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. I didn't, I tell you. He said he'd stand by. He wouldn't wait. Only a few minutes more. Just a few minutes. Don't take me in there yet. No, no, wait. Please, please. He said, please wait. Easy, Gordon. I'm sorry. But if I go in that door, I'm gone. It'll be too late then. Take him in, men. No, 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 no. Wait. Oh, where are you? Where's that voice? Where did he go? Please come back. Warden. Warden. Wait a minute, men. Well, what is it? Warden. Wait. The governor's on the phone. He says, stop. Hold up everything. What'd the governor say? He wants to talk to you on the phone, Warden. He says, don't electrocute this man. They've got the other two guys in Gordon's garage, trying to rub out some fingerprints. One of them was shot and died. But before he died, he spilled it all. This fellow didn't do it. It was a frame-up. Oh, thank God he got me in time. Gordon. Gordon. Did you hear that? Yes. Yes, I heard it. That voice said he would. I'm free. You're not going to electrocute me, Warden. You're not. No. No, Gordon. The governor saved you. Governor? No. It wasn't the governor. It was somebody else. Or something else. But what do you mean, Gordon? Who saved you? I don't know. It was a voice. Just a voice. I never really saw him. He was only a shadow. Before another adventure with the shadow draws to a close, John Barclay, Blue Coal's heating expert, would like to say a few words. Mr. Barclay. Good evening, friends. If you're interested in having a more comfortable home this winter, be sure to call your local Blue Coal dealer. For he's more than a fuel dealer. He's an authority on modern home heating. You see, for more than six years, I've trained servicemen for these Blue Coal dealers. These men, known as John Barclay servicemen, have added thousands of families like yours to enjoy a greater degree of comfort and to save heating dollars, too. I'm going to read part of a letter typical of many received from satisfied customers using Blue Coal and John Barclay service. I quote in part, The service rendered by your John Barclay servicemen has been invaluable to me. We were burning a ton of coal a week and having great difficulty in keeping our fire going throughout the night. Your serviceman made me many helpful suggestions regarding the proper way to regulate the furnace and recommended the use of blue coal. We not only reduced the amount of fuel consumed to one half, but actually got more heat. Think of that, friends. In this case, a family cut their fuel bill in half simply by following the advice of a John Barclay serviceman whose services were given without charge. Now, you don't have to buy blue coal to benefit from John Barclay service. No matter what kind of fuel you're using or from whom you've been buying, if you have any heating problems, consult the blue coal dealer. He'll be very glad to place his John Barclay service man at your disposal to solve your problems. I thank you. The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. Real names are never used in these shadow stories.
So there you go. There is the Death House Rescue, the first episode, kind of, <laughs> of The Shadow, played by Orson Welles. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting episode. The whole I'm going to see through your mind kind of trick uh, was new to me. I had never, you know, typically he would just use his powers to uh, cloud men's minds so that they couldn't see him. So he was a shadow, or he would blend into the shadows because he would cloud their minds so they couldn't see him. He wasn't actually invisible, but they just weren't able to perceive him because he had these these mental abilities that he'd learned through traveling the entire world. But yeah, he has more mental powers here than uh, I'm used to. And so that's interesting. So this must have faded away over the years. The other thing I think we got to benefit from listening to the first episode is they go into this whole thing where he describes to Margot his whole reasoning for acting outside of the law as a vigilante rather than directly with the policeman. He wants to protect his secrets because he doesn't want them to be known by the evils of society. And he doesn't think that uh, he'd be allowed to do some of the things that he does, of course, if he was working as a policeman or for the police. And so, yeah, in his mind, this is the, the best way to dispense justice throughout the city. And, uh, yeah, I like that, you know, we start out with this goal to save this innocent man from being executed. And then we, then we go into who is the shadow. And then we kind of go back and how did this guy get in this predicament? And then, and he goes right up to the end, right, before he gets saved from being executed. You know, you've seen that scene many times in movies and TV shows and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked this episode. I like that it's, it is kind of the origin story, so to speak, of the shadow. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you know, I talked at the beginning about how Frank Reddick was the first person to voice the shadow. And then we have this kind of to restart of the character here with Orson Welles. But later on, the shadow would go on to be played by uh, Bill Johnstone, who's another big name in uh, in a lot of old time radio. And then Brett Morrison also played this character. Uh, Margot Lane, we talked about here, was played by Agnes Moorhead. Uh, but later on, uh, Marjorie Anderson, Leslie Woods, and Grace Matthews would also uh, come in to voice the character. Um, I think Agnes stayed on quite a bit longer than Orson Welles. Because I, I, I remember listening to episodes with her and Bill Johnstone as Margot and the Shadow. Ooh, that would have been an interesting, 
<laughs> that would be an interesting adaptation of the shadow is to, instead of just calling it the shadow, call it Margot and the shadow. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not <laughs> just spitballing stuff here, but, uh, yeah, like I said, this is a classic character. You know, Batman was somewhat based on the shadow. Same kind of thing. He's a vigilante that uses fear and intimidation to combat crime. And I think Bob Kane has, has talked about, you know, his influence, the influence of the shadow when he was creating Batman with Bill Finger and things like that. So definitely kind of the, the proto superhero here in the shadow but there was a lot of this kind of stuff going on in the in the pulp you know we listened to blue beetle yesterday and you know blue beetle was had his own pulp magazine and things like that so um fun fun stuff the beginnings of what we now have the classic comic book superheroes uh, which we've talked a lot about here on this marathon right so yeah there's Four days left here of the marathon, and uh, for those four days, I'm going to rank each of the four phases of the MCU. And so uh, tomorrow we're going to start with phase one. So I hope you come back and and listen to that. And in the meantime, have a great day. <laughs> Journey on. All right, bye bye. The Journey Into podcast is produced under Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means that you are encouraged to share this podcast with as many people as you would like. Uh, but please don't change it or sell it and let people know where you got it from. <laughs>